Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time agents! Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the program on this Friday, January the 20th of 2023, almost eight minutes after five o'clock. My name is Darren Pritchett, not in our studios tonight. I am in my hockey hub in my basement getting set to call Notre Dame Hockey this evening. The Fighting Irish will take on the Penn State Nittany Lions in Pennsylvania tonight. Opening face-off at 6.30, pregame coverage at 6.15. You can hear Fighting Irish Hockey around the world on the Notre Dame Radio Network. Go to und.com. Here in South Bend, of course, we've got you covered on our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM. The Irish and the Nittany Lions have met this year. It was back in December at the Compton Family Ice Arena, December 9th, Penn State 5, Notre Dame 2. Then December 10th, a 5-3 Fighting Irish victory. Penn State, one of the top teams in the country, ranked number six in the USCHO.com poll. Number three in the Parawise, Notre Dame is not a ranked hockey team right now and 18th in the Parawise rankings. So we'll have the play-by-play for you tonight. Again, 6.30 opening face-off. It is going to be a packed Pagula Ice Arena the next two nights. They're going to sport special Penn State uniforms tomorrow night. They always wear the same hockey helmet as the football team, the white with the navy blue stripe down the middle. They're actually wearing navy blue helmets tomorrow with a different sweater, and they're expecting a huge, huge crowd for both of these Games against Notre Dame, Penn State has a chance to basically host an NCAA tournament regional. There's a regional in Pennsylvania. They would automatically go there. They're going to make the tournament. I mean, they're in great shape right now. So they might have a pretty good road to the Frozen Four coming out of the state of Pennsylvania. For Notre Dame, they're just trying to find some offensive consistency, stay out of the penalty box, improve the Special teams units, there's a lot that they can improve on right now. A team that is right now one game under 500 on the season. So we'll have some hockey for you on Quality Rock 94.3 FM at 6.15. For high school girls basketball fans, Mishawaka at Northridge is on our sister station, 96-1 the ton tonight. 
And the pregame probably right around 7.05, 7.15. Brian Miller will have the call. Heard one of Northridge's best players might be out for this game. So an opening maybe for Mishawak against a really good Northridge basketball team. And 96-1 the ton. Tomorrow night we'll have the huge matchup between Northridge and Mishawaka at the Cave. The Cavemen are looking to win their 10th consecutive game and trying to stay undefeated in the NLC. Big crowd expected. We'll have the play-by-play on 96-1 the ton tomorrow night. Pre-game right around 7-15. We only have an hour tonight because of my hockey duties. So coming up at 5-30, a conversation with Mishawaka basketball coach Bodie Bender. Bodie in his first year in charge of the Cavemen has Mishawaka 12-2. What's coming up this weekend? We'll have that for you at about 5-50. But right now, we're going to kick off the program. Normally, we have three topics for you to get the program started. Tonight, it's going to be just one, and we focus on Fighting Irish basketball coach Mike Bray. It was announced yesterday by Notre Dame that he would be stepping away as head coach of the Fighting Irish. Based on the press release, it sounded like a mutual decision between Mike and athletic director Jack Swarbrick. And so today, Coach Bray met the media, chance to... I guess answer some of the questions all of us had in regard to this stepping away from the Notre Dame basketball program after 23 years and 481 victories, 13 trips to the NCAA tournament, 2015 ACC champions, and two times making it on the doorstep of the Final Four, making it to the Elite Eight. So Coach Bray took questions today. He was the only one at the podium. No one from Notre Dame Athletics was there. It was just Mike talking about his decision and his future. And first, I want to play back for you. This is Coach Bray, just his opening comments before he took questions from the media. I've got to step down to get the football press conference for him. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. I finally got over here. I finally got over here. And... Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, appreciate y'all being here, and uh, uh, it, it's not something that uh, thinking about moving on to the next chapter is something I've thought about. Actually, thought about it on the plane a little bit coming back from San Diego because that may have been a good time, you know. And uh, um, but we had these seniors coming back. We had a heck of a young class coming in, and I said, let's go back to work and and do it. But about a month ago. Uh, Jim and I spoke a little bit and I said, Jim, you know, I, I think it's time for a new voice at Notre Dame. I've had 23 years. It's unbelievable. It's been amazing, but I, but I firmly believe, you know, down the road, it needs to be somebody else. And um, so let's really seriously talk about that. Jack and I talked about it this last week and felt now was the time to kind of do that. And, uh, uh, and, and, you know, I, another thing before we open up for questions, I fully own one in seven in the league right now. We are where we are and we want to get running and get moving. It's amazing the lengths you will go to, to announce that you're leaving to beat the Jesuits. It's really amazing the stuff you'll pull off to try and get them. But, uh, have- there's coach Bray, of course, the Irish taking on. Boston College at Purcell Pavilion, Saturday at 2 o'clock here on WSBT Radio. Just to connect a couple of dots there in case people weren't following along, Mike referenced he thought about this moment flying back from San Diego. San Diego was the location of Notre Dame's 
round of 64 and round of 32 games in last year's NCAA tournament after beating Rutgers in that wild overtime game in Dayton. They flew to San Diego and then played Alabama in the round of 64, won that game, advancing to the round of 32, and nearly got to the second weekend. Texas Tech was able to outplay the Irish in the closing moments of that game, and that's when Mike started thinking about, well, this would be a pretty good way to go out because let's remember that the Irish had not made the NCAA tournament since 2018. Now, one year was obviously a COVID year, but you think about, At that point, Mike was probably thinking this is a pretty good way to go out. That good run in the NCAA tournament after missing for a few years. But Mike had this big group of veteran players coming back. Blake Wesley, obviously, the freshman, decided to go to the NBA draft, taken in the first round by the Spurs. You had this big group coming back. And you bring in Marcus Hammond for whatever the case may be. Another big didn't come into the program. And this has been a, a very surprising struggle for this Notre Dame basketball team, 9-10, and 1-7 and seven in the ACC. So Mike was asked, why now? Why is this the right time to do this? You know, I think it can be a distraction, speculation, and what's going on? Is he coming back? Do they want him to come? You know, I just want our guys to try and focus and play. And my, my thought was, why don't we give some clarification to this thing right now and uh, see if it helps our group and, and quite frankly, help Notre Dame, you know, that they can get into the process of getting a little bit of advance notice on a search. I'm fully available. And Jack and I have talked about helping get the next person. You know, that's I think that's a big responsibility for me to help hire the next right coach here. There's Mike Brown, why now? And now let me transition to another why now. This was in regard to Mike on signing day a while back, talking about you know, he was signed for a couple more years. I'm ready to go through age 70. And I even told the story on the program yesterday. Mike and I were joking out at Blackthorn Golf Club in August before his coaches versus cancer golf tournament. And we had not started recording our interview. We were just chit-chatting and I joked with him, we came to South Bend just about the same time. I was a little ahead of Mike, and just we were kind of just chit-chatting, said maybe we should just kind of just retire at the same time. And Mike's response was, well, I got got a couple more years left. So obviously things changed even from that point, and Mike has decided this is going to be it at the end of the season. So this was one of the media members kind of picking up on Mike kind of telling us he was ready to go a couple of more years a while back, and now things have changed. So this is Mike Bray on changing his mind on his future to giving up his duties right now. You know, I think it can be a distraction, speculation, and what's going on? Is he coming back? Do they want him to come? You know, I just want our guys to try and focus and play. And my, my thought was, why don't we give some clarification to this thing right now and uh, see if it helps our group and, and quite frankly, help Notre Dame, you know, that they can get into the process of getting a little bit of advance notice on a search. I'm fully available. And Jack and I have talked about helping get the next person. You know, that's I think that's a big responsibility for me to help hire the next right coach here. Now let's move on to a little reflection from 
Coach Bray. And this is Mike being asked what he feels like when he thinks back on his career at the University of Notre Dame, 23 years on the job, the all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame basketball history. What is going to be that one highlight that sticks out to him? Certainly when you win an ACC championship on Tobacco Road going through Duke and Carolina was pretty damn good, right? That was pretty good. And, um, you know, I, you know, those elite eights were great, but you know, there's also moments with your guys and different things, you know, when you're talking to them or going through stuff with them that are highlights that never become public and type of thing. But, um, you know, certainly that so it was our second year in the league and we were able to win the the tournament down there in that in, in their turf and maybe we can get a little magic back in Greensboro when we go down there in two months. Well, I would think as a fan base, and I'm I guess I have the microphone in front of my mouth, I'm gonna to try to speak for the fan base. I think the diehard Notre Dame fans or even the more casual Notre Dame fans will point back to that 2015 team that won the ACC championship. You take out Duke and Carolina to win that championship, which I think makes it even more special winning it in Greensboro. But that Elite Eight run, such a a good team again. Four or five guys went on to have pro careers, including Pat Connaughton in the NBA, now with the Milwaukee Bucks, a world champion a couple of years ago. Jaron Grant was around the league for a while. Other guys had success overseas like Demetrius Jackson. So it was an extremely talented bunch. When you have those teams that contend for Final Fours, normally you have a handful of guys that are going to be pro players, and that particular Notre Dame team had it. They played so well together. So many Notre Dame teams share the ball well. That group did it as well as anybody so I'll always remember that Elite Eight run and I think also that Rutgers game in last year's tournament just the chaos of that game Mike after the game was so excited talking about Irish whiskey and you know on national TV gives it the old happy St. Patrick's Day baby we use that sound cut on bumpers here on the program as that game spilled over into St. Patrick's Day he just was a lot of fun and having the chance to be around him interview him He allowed me to come into practice a couple of times when I filled in for Jack Nolan to call a couple of Notre Dame basketball games, and he treated me like I was the main guy. And it was such a cool experience that I'll never, ever forget that, being a part of his little family for a couple of days. It was a lot of fun. We're recapping Mike Bray's press conference from earlier today. I want to play this soundbite, and I thought this was a a, a great question to ask. I think it was Tim Priester from Irish Illustrated, and he pointed out Mike was here for 23 years, and there were a couple of times that he could have left, including a program that was very close to home. The Maryland Terrapins called, and I'm not sure how far down the line Mike got with that, but ultimately... He stayed at Notre Dame, so there were some other opportunities, but he decided to stay at a school where football is king, and let's be honest, basketball and other sports are second fiddle to football. So here's Mike on why he decided to stay for 23 years. You know, I I think the kind of young men, and and so appreciate 
my guys here today. You skip in class, by the way? Probably. Probably. Um, probably. Um, you, you can't go on probation in, in grad school, though, can you? I got six graduates. Come on, man. <laughs> um, the, the, the makeup of the young people that, are, that you get to work with here. And, and I see a lot of our, so appreciate uh, some of my fellow coaches here. That, that's why we've got a lot of long-term people here in here with me. And that's why we're here, man. It's just unbelievable young people uh, to work with. And, and then, you know, you kind of made the program yours. You put your name on it. And then it was like, well, I don't want to reinvent uh, at another place. And uh, I always felt this would be, you know, the last job. And it obviously is. Now, he did say he might be open to working with young people down the line, but for sure next year he's, I think, going to just kind of kick back and relax a little bit, and why not? Final soundbite from Coach Bray's press conference from earlier today. This is the type of question that always comes up when someone steps away or retires, player or coach. What do you want your legacy to be? And here's Mike Bray on his thoughts his legacy, 23 years coaching this Notre Dame men's basketball program. You know, when it comes down to people have asked about legacy with these seniors, and, and I so appreciate our guys here today, that'll be 72 young men that have come through and have finished their degree and have played for, and, and that's like 72 sons. And I certainly have heard from a lot of them uh, in the last 24 hours. And those relationships are the key. Like we had some amazing wins and fun stuff. We've also had some disappointing losses and disappointing seasons, but it's like, it, it's about the guys and the relationships. And uh, um, I, I'm looking forward to a reunion down the road when we can get a bunch of my guys back. Cause we got a lot of stories. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike is really one of the individuals that, Got the ring of honor started at Notre Dame. I hope we don't have to wait around to put Mike Bray in the ring of honor because this is the all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame history. The great success he had here uh, ran a clean program. I hope we don't have to wait a couple of years. Let's just put Mike in next year because the ring of honor isn't the ring of honor without Mike Bray in my particular opinion. Again, I'm a guy that is a big fan of Mike Bray. I've gotten some stuff on social media, on Twitter, responses that Mike's leaving, and and that's and there's a lot of negativity about Mike finally leaving. Don't send it to me because I'm going to ignore it. I've always been a fan of Mike Bray. I don't think he has been appreciated enough by many fans or some fans in this fan base. It is a difficult job compared to other programs here at Notre Dame. Recruiting to men's basketball is the toughest, in my opinion. I'll stand by that. And I was here in town for the end of the McLeod era, the Doherty year. Remember where we were then to where Mike has taken the program? Now, has it stalled the last couple of years? Hey, we're not going to argue that. There's no doubt about that. But he has brought the program to different levels that, I don't think some people expected, especially going to the Big East and eventually the ACC. He's done a tremendous job, and I'll always be appreciative of his time with me coming on the program, doing interviews again when I filled in for Jack, doing some play-by-play, man. He was awesome, absolutely 
Awesome. So, Mike, job well done. Let's enjoy the last couple of ball games. I know he will on the sideline coaching this Notre Dame basketball team, the Irish, hosting Boston College tomorrow at 2 o'clock here on WSBT Radio. Pre-game coverage starts at 1.30. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Mishawaka basketball coach Bodie Bender, the caveman of Northridge, tomorrow night at the cave. A big one is coming up. We'll preview that and talk about this 12-2 caveman season next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And we're back on Budweiser's weekday sports beat for this Friday. Darren Pritchett with you. Well, the Mishawaka Cavemen are playing great basketball right now. They have won nine consecutive games. They're now 12-2 on the season, and they will look to stay perfect in the Northern Lakes Conference when they host Northridge tomorrow night, 7.45 varsity start. The JV will be getting going at 6.15, and we are hoping the Mishawaka community comes out in droves for this game as this squad is playing some great basketball. In fact, doing a little research the other day, Going back to as far back as the IHSA website shows, which is the 93-94 season, only five caveman teams have won at least eight in a row in a season since then. So this team has a chance to get to double digits with a victory over Northridge. And the head coach of the caveman in his first season is Bodie Bender, and he joins us here on WSBT Radio. Coach, good to talk to you. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You betcha. Greatly appreciate your time this evening as you get set for this very important conference game. Let me just go back a little bit in time, Coach. You take over this Mishawaka program, a team last year that was over 500, had a chance to win a sectional game, but just couldn't close it out. I know you watched film of the team during the offseason, then you got your hands on them in the fall. I'm just kind of curious, what has impressed you the most on how this team has improved from the one last year that played a lot of competitive games to one that is right now in the midst of a nine-game winning streak? Yeah, I think for our basketball team last year, we had a lot of kids, um, you know, and and you speak heavily of the junior class, but even with the seniors, um, a lot of of youth at the varsity level. I mean, you, you had a lot of sophomores that were playing varsity basketball that, you know, let's face it, in most programs, you know, a lot of sophomores are playing still at the JV level. So, um, you know, they had to grow up quickly last year. um, And and the experience of playing in close basketball games, I think now being a year older, um, you know, as juniors and seniors with, you know, Arthur and Ace, um, you know, that's just kind of helped us win some tight, close basketball games. And then, you know, on the side, we have some nice, blowout wins as well I think back to the juniors freshman year when they won the Northern Lakes Conference Championship they did that without Tommy Herringer and also Rashawn Johnson who already moved up to the JV level does it take a little time for those two to kind of mesh with the other individuals and now you're starting to reap the rewards of them playing together last year now it just feels like they're really connecting this year yeah, I think really they've really connected quite well. I, I think these guys have done a tremendous job. And I tell them all the time, I think you guys have done a tremendous job of accepting your roles. And I, I, and I think they've done a great job of that. And I, I think that's very indicative of us being 12-2, and two, um, having this nine-game winning streak. Um, and, and I really saw kind of uh, the change here, 
in a positive way in, in our holiday tournament when, you know, we went down to Huntington North and I thought we played some of the best basketball we played all year. And we just continued to play that, which is, you know, a nice, nice sight to see with, with some tough basketball games coming up, especially in the conference with uh, how you talk about with Northridge tomorrow night. Uh, we got Goshen next week still. We got to go to Goshen, which is a tough place to play. And then in February, um, we got perennial powers of Warsaw Northwood. Yeah. Coach, I know I've had this conversation with Mike Bray before talking Notre Dame basketball. When you've got a point guard that's a really outstanding scorer of the basketball, how do you balance not taking away their offense, but also that point guard has to run the offense and get everything initiated? I think your point guard, Arthur Jones, the last month has done a really good job of balancing those two things. I'd like to get your thoughts on how far he has come over the last month or so and really allowing this offense to get even better. It's it's so much more explosive than it was the first month of the season. Yeah, I think for Arthur, he's done a good job, obviously, um, buying into what we want to do as a basketball team. Um, we've, we've preached probably from day one, we want to play inside out. We want to throw the ball in. If we can't score in the post, we want those guys on the perimeter, especially Arthur, to set his feet and catch the ball on a, on a kick out and, and shoot it. And he's done a tremendous job of, you know, getting, getting people in the right spots. Um, and, and I really think, you know, and it, it's a continued process with him as far as his leadership. He's done a whole lot better as far as motivating people in a positive way. Um, and, and I really think his buy-in on, you know, what we want to do philosophically offensively um, is a huge reason why we're 12 and two. And, and again, on this nine game winning streak, Mr. Walker, basketball coach, Bodie Bender, my guest here on WSBT radio, the caveman host Northridge tomorrow night at seven 45. Again, we're trying to get a big crowd for this huge NLC matchup. And I think we have some good news for the Mishawaka students. We'll get to that coming up in a couple of moments. Coach. Also one thing about your offense it's not like it's just one guy the opposition has to stop at this time. You have a very balanced basketball team. You could probably argue there's six, seven guys that can score double figures on any given night. Is that the way you saw this offense growing before the season started? Yeah, I, I thought just, again, with, with the amount of guys that we have playing this year and the amount of guys that were coming back from last year's team, um, we could have multiple, multiple guys score anywhere from eight, nine, ten points a game to 14, 15 a game. And I think it's out of the games, you know, myself and the coaching staff will sit in the coach's office and we'll go through the book and, you know, two guys with eight, one guy with nine, two guys with 10, a guy with 14, you know, and, and if we continue to get that night in and night out, I think we're going to be a very tough team to beat. Um, down the stretch here. Coach, what do you like about the way your team has played defense over the last couple of weeks? Oh, man, oh, man. Um, you know, I think you and I have had these talks before. I don't know what it is. It's that third quarter. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if our guys are um, irritated at, at, at halftime on the way they're playing. I don't know what it is, but um, we've just been blessed with having big runs in the third quarter. We tend to turn it up defensively a little bit. We turn people over. And, and I think a little bit of that is our guys have um, – they, they start to become a little bit more comfortable with, the other, w with what the other team is doing offensively. And 
they slow the game down a little bit more and uh, they allow we allow our athleticism our speed and our length to take over and we've man i don't know i'd have to go back and look at the stats but i i bet in the last six or seven games probably more than that Mm -hmm. we've turned teams over probably 15 to 18 times a game and the good news is you guys are taking really good care of the basketball last time i saw the stats it was right around 11 per game i guess that's a number you can live with oh yeah that's i mean if you can live right around you know nine to 11 turnovers a basketball game you're going to give yourself a good shot to win and our kids have done a tremendous job of taking care of the basketball. I was just thinking while you were talking, obviously, you know, us in the media have all the answers. Maybe before the, the game against Northridge, <laughs> you just write third quarter on the board for your pregame speech. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't disagree. I, I yeah. would like to, you know, if we can, we could stretch it out a little bit, you know, further in the first half and then yeah. go ahead and put teams away in the third quarter, unlike – you know, I, I thought we were a little bit too tight in the in the Wallace D game a little bit with a five-point lead going in at half. But, um, you know, the guys turned it up in the third quarter and uh, ended up putting them away in the third. So, yeah, maybe maybe I just tell them, hey, it's third quarter. we got to go out and play, and we're up five. Maybe I tell them that in the pregame. I don't know. Coach Lash. Maybe that'll get them going right away. There you go. Maybe so. Well, Coach Lasher, you were part of that Carroll team. You led them to semi-state, actually played at, at Northside Gym. And now you come back home. You played at Jimtown, of course, now the head coach at Mishawaka. I'm wondering, have you had to adapt your coaching style at all coming up to Northern Indiana, being in the Northern Lakes Conference and playing a lot of Northern Indiana Conference teams? Um, I, I don't know that I've had to adapt my coaching style. I think, you know, when I left Northern Indiana, I, I was previously at Elkhart Central before mm-hmm. I went to Carroll, and I've just taken some of the um, things that have been taught to me by my predecessors and took kind of the Northern Indiana style to Central Indiana. We played that way um, the last few years, the way we're playing now, we've played this way. and um, I, I just felt like, the way we played at Carroll, we could play this style at Mishawaka as long as we had some rules offensively, rules defensively, um, and we held up to those rules. And I, I think to this point, um, our kids have done a good job of that. One thing I've noticed this year compared to last year, and I'm going to use the South Bend Clay game Tuesday as an example of why I'm going to ask this question, but I think there were times, and again, they were younger last year, of course, but a team would come out and be a little chaotic, play really well, play fast, score a lot of points, and and we would start to panic a little bit. But in the South, play, South Bend Clay game Tuesday, Clay came out red hot from the field, hitting six three-pointers in the oh. first quarter. And, Coach, your guys never blinked. You just kept doing your thing, and it's like you guys stuck to the plan. The players didn't blink, and as the game went on, they pulled away and put together a really good performance. So I guess what goes into getting a team not to panic in those particular moments? Yeah, I think some of that, a lot of that has to come down with, you know, how we scout teams. You know, what what can we continue to exploit defensively that will keep us in games? Um, I think another big one is, you know, kind of taking the Billy Bean approach is, and I know a lot of coaches do this. Some don't. Some are some are stubborn. Hey, we're going to play it like this no matter what. But um, you know, I've kind of adapted to this the last few years that you know we're going to play percentages and. You know, for a lot of kids, uh, shooting the three ball is still attractive. 
And if yep. you don't shoot the three ball very well, I'm gonna we're gonna find ways to at least challenge your shot, but give it to you. Um, and at some point, you know, I, I always felt like the percentages are gonna play in our hands. And our kids, you know, stayed the course, um, continued to exploit what they needed to on the on the on Clay's defensive end. Um, and then obviously in the third quarter, we turned it up defensively. We turned them over. Um, and I think the last thing, the maturity of this team. Yeah. I mean, like, like we've, we've said over and over, well-documented, a lot of sophomores and juniors last year that are now seniors and seniors and juniors, and um, they're playing like it. Mm. Coach, what's the next big step for this team as you head toward February? I think for us, I think we, we've got to try to find a way to wrap up this conference. Um, I think that would be – um, a, a good goal for these guys to win the conference. Um, it's it's going to be a tall task. <laughs> we got some real good ones coming up. Um, you know, a lot of coaches that I have respect for coming up. And uh, so if we can do that, um, that would be fantastic. Um, and then after that, you know, we'll start talking about the sectional yeah. and what we need to do there. Well, we want to get a good amount of fans out for this Northridge-Mishawaka game tomorrow night at 745. So why don't you offer just a quick little preview? What should we expect from Northridge? Who, Let me say this. You may look at their record at 7-7 seven and seven and say, oh, wow, Mishawaka's yeah. going to win this game. But, Coach, their schedule has been a meat grinder this year. Yeah. Yeah, they've played Chesterton. They've played Noblesville. They've played some really good schools. Um, you know, they've got a few kids that can shoot it. Um, the two Bales boys, they can shoot it. Um, Radiker, little Radiker, Coach Coach Radiker, the head coach at Northridge, his son, um, has the ability to score from the perimeter. And then they got the big boys inside with Ellenson, and then uh, Zepp comes off the bench. Uh, those two guys are fairly skilled. They can drive the ball a little bit, and they're very good offensive rebounders. So, and, and I think the other thing that makes it tough um, on the defensive end is they're continuously moving, continuously screening, um, so we're going to have to be awake uh, defensively and, and not fall asleep, especially on the backside of our defense and make sure we're over to the help side and helping on screens. And um, So I look for this to be a very highly competitive battle. Um, I could see this being a back-and-forth game, and um, I, we just need that crowd on our side. We need – the community of Mishawaka to show up and, and, and root for these guys. Well, folks, Mishawaka's won nine in a row. They'll try to stay undefeated in the NLC when they host Northridge tomorrow night at 745. And Bodie Bender will be roaming the sidelines for the cavemen during that ball game. And, Coach, congratulations on a terrific start to the season, and hopefully the conclusion to the season will be just as exciting. Hey, Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That's Bodie Bender, the head coach of the Mishawaka Cavemen. We've got more Sports Beat coming up next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday Sports Beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Final segment of the program for this Friday. Once again, just a one-hour sports beat tonight due to me needing to head over to the Notre Dame Radio Network for Fighting Irish Hockey. The pregame on our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM, will start 
in about 20 minutes. Let's take a second and set up what's happening this weekend on our Notre Dame network and also our Midwest Family South Bend radio stations. Let's start with Notre Dame hockey, the Fighting Irish on the road to take on the number six team of the country, the Penn State Nittany Lions. They are number three in the Parawise. Big Ten is loaded this year, and Notre Dame has a tough series each weekend, including this weekend. Penn State and Notre Dame have played at the Compton Family Ice Arena back in December. December 9th, Penn State played a really, really good game and knocked off the Fighting Irish 5-2. They played again the next night, December 10th, and the Irish walked away with a 5-3 victory. We have high school boys basketball action tomorrow night on our sister station, 96 won the ton. Hope you caught my conversation with Mishawaka basketball coach Bodie Bender just a few moments ago. Free admission for students. Mishawaka students, come on out, support your Mishawaka team that will go for their 10th straight win as they take on a really good Northridge team. Saturday night, 745 tip. You can hear the game on our sister station, 96 won the ton. Brian Miller and Coach Ryan Heklinski will have the play-by-play from the Cove. Now here on WSBT Radio on Saturday, the day got a little more interesting with the news that Mike Bray is retiring at the end of the year. The Irish basketball team will host the Boston College Eagles tomorrow at 2 o'clock here on WSBT Radio. Tony Simeone starts the action with pregame coverage at 1.30. Following Notre Dame basketball here on WSBT Radio, we will have NFL playoff action courtesy of Westwood One, and we will join in progress the matchup in the AFC between the four-seed, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the top-seeded Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by eight and a half points. Game two on Saturday will be from the NFC, and it's an NFC East divisional matchup. The New York football Giants visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles favored by seven and a half points. They are the top seed in the NFC. Then on Sunday, we have more football action coming your way starting at 3 o'clock. It is the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park. The Bills are a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And the nightcap in the final game of the weekend, it is the Dallas Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers out in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. The Niners, who knocked the Cowboys out of the postseason Last year, we'll try to do it again this time at home. San Francisco is favored by four points, so we've got plenty of NFL action coming your way right here on WSBT Radio. Budweiser's weekday sports speed is being brought to you by our friends at Budweiser and United Beverage Basketball fans. This Bud's for you. By the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. By Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, or new beginnings have happy endings. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. And by our sports sponsor, Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Leo E. Primer in South Bend or Jim Hibschman in Mishawaka. I want to throw out one more note. 
The Penn Kingsmen and the Mishawaka Mary Knights are playing a huge boys basketball game at the Penn Palace tonight. And there has been an alteration made to the top story from that game outside of who wins the ball game. Penn's Marcus Burton, a commit to Notre Dame. We thought he needed five points to break Penn's all-time scoring record. Penn has gotten out a calculator and refigured the numbers. And apparently he needs 11 to tie and 12 to we- to become the all-time leading scorer in Penn basketball history. That game coming up tonight at the Penn Palace. Folks, have a wonderful weekend. We always appreciate your support here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Let's come on back and try it again on Monday on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. We'll talk to you Monday.